This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with Nepenthes, who is a huge FIFA YouTuber with over 2.2 million subscribers on YouTube. We discussed a lot of the crossover between so rare and FIFA. Uh, we looked into what's coming on the 9th of the 9th, a lot of speculation. You probably know by now. We talked about a lot of your questions, and basically, we just talked about so rare for like an hour and a half. So, I hope you enjoy the episode. And uh, please do let us know if you do on social. So, Nepenthes, aka Nep, that's what I'm going to call you from here on out. How are you today? Yeah, doing good, mate. Doing good. Thank you so much for joining me. Do you know, it was a bit of a stab in the dark. Obviously, you have a large, large following on Twitter, YouTube, and I'm sure a million other places, Instagram included. And I was just like, I've seen you kind of sniffing around so rare. I think you messaged me a while back whenever you first signed up. And I just sort of yeah. threw it out there to come on the podcast. So thank you for coming on. It'd be good for yeah. you to have a chat. Yeah, it will be good. I'm 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 more here for me. Like I'm pick your brains about what's going on on So Rare <laughs> yeah. and get some inside knowledge and some tips and uh tricks and stuff and yeah, become the next So Rare millionaire. That's it, yeah. There's a few of them out there. So <laughs> yeah. we've a we've a lot to talk about today. We're gonna discuss a lot of the things that have kind of been happening. Um but First off, do you want to let people know a little bit of a background about yourself? Um, a yeah. lot of people listening will have heard of you, will know you, will have seen your content. But for those who don't have a clue what an Nepenthes is, do you want yeah. to fill them in? Yeah, so basically been doing YouTube since about 2009. Always been in FIFA pretty much and uh, dabbled in other games here and there. Got a few channels about, but basically been uh, at the forefront of FIFA content creation over the last sort of like decade or so. And uh, yeah, now very addicted to the NFT nft world and so rare is a nice nice little fit really isn't it yeah i think like there aren't i seen you tweet a while back i think you said something about like finding a game like fifa but with nfts like a kind of an actual game yeah yeah not just the nfts and cards like a, a yeah sort of play to earn or something i don't know what exactly but i think at the minute like so rare is the front runner in the kind of football space but it's and we're going to get into this but you know what fuck the structure of the show Something that I've kind of talked about recently is how people like compare to FIFA a lot, but at the same time, like people play FIFA to play FIFA. So rare you don't play a game per se. Like you don't come home after a hard day's work and sit down to play so rare. You yeah. kinda, it's more real time. So that while there's a lot of similarities, there's a lot of differences. One of my first questions to you was going to be like, do you see the FIFA kind of ultimate team or just FIFA in general demographic as a good sort of, crowd to chase um yes yes and no i suppose like yes because on fifa people will spend copious amounts of money on digital assets that aren't even licensed to them because ea owns the rights to them that get reset every year and that don't actually give you any tangible real world value outside of mm. the fifa game so so rare is almost like if, if people are willing to spend on fifa they're willing to spend on so rare um, but no, because so rare doesn't have packs and it doesn't have games and it doesn't have any kind of like value to actually collecting the assets. One of the things for me when joining so rare was like, you know, I said to my manager, he like, like, I guess like I had a brand opportunity with so rare, uh, and I looked at the site and I just didn't like it. I just wasn't on board. Yeah. So I said to him, no, I'm, I'm not going to do the brand deal with so rare. I, I didn't like it for reasons, A, B and C. And a lot of those reasons were because I couldn't take it to my viewership and say, hey, here's this real cool game. It's similar to fuck because of A, B, and C. And so I think people will look at So Rare and think, I'm not paying all this money for what? For a, for a digital asset that 
mm. I, I can do what with like yeah play the fantasy aspect but there's not real there's no real like utility on so rare at the moment which i think they might struggle with in the long term there's the utility in terms of the real life game on so5 and again yeah. that's really real time as i keep emphasizing which isn't in my opinion particularly streamable or great for just off the cuff here i'm going to stream for three hours it doesn't really work now the packs is an issue because of gambling rigs i don't know if there's any way to circumnavigate that going forward like the whole fifa loot box thing you'll be much more astute to this than me but i know now they're doing preview packs and stuff to try and circumnavigate those laws and loot yeah. and whatever else is that something do you think foot can hang on to like will packs be a, a a feature of foot forever or do you think they're kind of coming to an end what I, other way could I, they distribute players auctions? well just like yeah auctions or or just going in and buying the players right so mm. much like buying skins and stuff you, you just buy the players i don't know i don't know where fifa's going with packs i would be very surprised if ea would let it go without a fight you know like and yeah, that's what yeah. they do like you say with like pack odds and preview packs and there'll be another thing that the government will be content with until they're not again and you know so i can imagine that they'll string out packs for a good good few years yet. yeah um but there, there's so many other like models like fortnite or warzone or whatever where they're making so much money even just like um mobile games you know candy crush mm. generates billions in revenue and all you do is get extra lives and stuff for it like you, yeah, you know yeah. so you know fifa will do fine i'm sure um, but yeah, if I, I'm sure so rare, like with not having a pack aspect is interesting and the gambling aspect is interesting as well, because to be on so rare, you kind of have to be 18, right? Because you need mm. a crypto wallet and to get a crypto wallet, you need a bank account and there's a lot of checks and balances in place in place to get the crypto wallet. So I, I can imagine that you're, nobody is under 18 on so rare because they wouldn't have the facilities to actually it's be able just, to use the site well it mightn't be illegal it's it's a ball ache like if you're some 12 year old who wants to buy so rare cards with your pocket money first of all you must be getting a lot of pocket money second of <laughs> yeah. all like you have to get daddy's credit card or bank account and get it all set up and go yeah um, it's an awkward one but yeah it's just something because obviously packs come up regularly it's something we've i've talked about in this podcast a few times already but i'm always talking about it with you it's a bit sort of closer to its, its home which is fifa well, when when you come to like the uh the hobby boxes and the collectibles as the physical assets that's a how is that not gambling if this <laughs> would be gambling right like where like yeah. where's the line drawn why because it's digital asset is it all of a sudden gambling or is it because of the so5 that is gambling not like you can take a physical asset and play it to earn some points and rewards so uh, yeah I, I don't personally know whether the line is or why but um, I, I do know for a fact that if there were packs on so rare, I would be heavily invested in that because that you know that that chance of hitting a big card either for your SO5 yeah. team or just because it has more value or because you're collecting the digital cards like would be far more appealing to me than the auctions. Yeah, a hundred percent because it's that whole at the minute it's very much pay to win. People, people with big bank balances come in, they buy the uniques, they buy the super rares, they compete at the top, and they win the biggest prizes. Whereas if you if they could in any way introduce that pack system, you know, quite feasibly, Joe Blogs with five hundred quid could come in, buy three packs, and he hits a unique whatever, a yeah. super rare whatever, and all of a sudden he's in there competing in Division One, Division Two, just like everyone else. But I don't know. I just don't know if it'll come. I don't think they've ever alluded to it coming. But um, 
if there's any way they could do it, even with all stipulations in place like FIFA Ultimate Team are starting to have to do, it could be decent. But um, something else I was going to throw at you there. That's went right off my head. Oh, yes. Physical soccer cards and product. Yeah. It yeah. is mad degenerate gambling in that world. I'm all about yeah. it. It is like I have cards. That, I don't know if you can see them behind me. I took a lot down. Okay, yeah. We left the house for a while and we left someone sort of looking after our dog and was afraid they were going to steal my, my turkey rookies. But um, so they're all in a box in the closet. But what I'm getting at here is like opening those boxes. I've opened many of my time. I've done them on streams and stuff before. And it is 100% just like opening a pack on FIFA. You've spent 300 quid on a box of Topps Museum or whatever, and you're opening it with the hope that you hit an Erling Haaland, a Fanny, a whatever, that will give you value. Or, you know, yes, if you're big into a football club or player, you might want to hit that player to add them to your personal collection. And everyone in the space says they're a collector, but the bottom line is it's full of sharks who are yeah. degenerate make money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah. like it, it isn't regulated and Tops Panini would not and there's a, who's this new one who's bought like half of the world heard this I don't know how big you're into them there's this comp- company that's come in oh and they've literally bought the rights to like a load of leagues forget doesn't matter this uh. is a so rare podcast but bottom line is like it's kind of like FIFA they would they're too big almost to be stopped they wouldn't let that be regulated without a massive fight yeah, yeah, you'd be talking like they'd tie that up in the courts for years and years and years. Oh, 100%. To, yeah. yeah, but it what? is, it, I don't know, for me, like, I've never really been into the collectible side of things. And, like, it would be cool to have unique Arsenal cards. As an Arsenal fan, I'd love to have, like, you know, a classic Thierry Henry one of one for a few reasons. Number one, he's my favourite player. Number two, it, it's a nice show-off kind of, yeah, look at what I've yeah. got. And number three, you don't know in 10, 15 years' time if that's worth triple, triple, 10, 10x the value. And, you know, the way life is, I've been through it myself, through with my parents and through it with myself. Life is a big journey of ups and downs. And you never know when you might need to cash in that cards. And it might, you know, somewhere down the line, if you fall on hard times, you're like, well, I've, you know, I've made this solid investment mm. on purpose. And now it's time to like cash that chip in and and help myself out, you know? So, yeah, the, yeah, I don't know, the, the collectible aspect and for me, there has to be value in, there has to be a reason in actually collecting cards. And that's where I've come to so rare. And it's like, oh, why am I collecting these cards? Because if it isn't for the SO5 aspect, I'm not interested at all. Mm. And that's where I think they miss a big gap in the market of giving some reason to collect the cards outside of the SO5. So like, do you think like the cards that are shitter players or whatever that are really not feasible to use in SO5 there could be other functions, side games, squad yeah. building challenges. That's sort absolutely, of shit. yeah. I mean, even like uh, just like you know, collecting all the Arsenal players gives yeah. you, I don't know, an Ethereum, like, like a bit of Ethereum or something, or perhaps it gives you a boost, like in SO5 with for your Arsenal players. You know, if you've got the full a full squad of eleven, you get like Chemistry a type bonus vibes. boost or something like that. Yeah, something small like that, but. I saw like one guy's got like Trevor Brooking and one guy's got like a PSG David Beckham unique card. And I'm like, why, why, why do you have, why have you paid like thousands of euros for this card that has no value anywhere? But here's the thing. It's like anything. It's like the Mona Lisa. It's like, well, maybe that's a bit of an extreme comparison, but what I'm getting at is like, why is Mona Lisa worth anything? Because rich people have money to spend on things they want that are scarce or that have some, some something behind them. If so rare blows up, bigger than it already is which is the hope and if in three years time there's millions of users hundreds of thousands of users 
And if at that time there's only one, two, ten of these Trevor Brookings or whatever, and there's people who want that card, people have so much money they'll buy it. Do you know people never underestimate the the, the what is it expensable income Dispos- of the disposable income disposable yeah. income yeah. of the middle class? Like, the amount of shit I have that I don't need just because I want to say I have it. Like I don't know. It's like I think the thing with collectability is it's one of those things. It's hard to actually understand, but. It fucking exists. Like, if you look at soccer cards, amount of money some people pay for ridiculous cards that are just a piece of cardboard that'll sit in a shelf. Yeah. And I mean, if people will pay it for that, I'm pretty sure we can convince them to pay it for the digital version in an evolving space of NFTs with the utility of SO5. But I do think a big thing so rarely to do. And it's actually, do you know what? We'll, we'll just throw this question in here now. Again, as I said, again, fuck the structure. Um, Hoodwink asked, which FIFA style feature would you like to see on so rare? packs SBCs, chemistry i've already mentioned these three things to you so in terms of adding value to those players that maybe aren't that good at so5 at the minute due to limited minutes due to being a shit team due to be a substandard player like to add value to them as you say like the arsenal collection the whatever collection complete this you get a once someone completes the real madrid team you will get a limited edition nft minted of raul or something do you know yeah surely they have icons within the license they could get icons within the like licensing agreement with these clubs um i obviously there's obstacles there people would just get the collection send the whole collection they're made to redeem it and everyone redeems it there are things that would need to be put in place but what i'm getting at here is i do think all that stuff is in the works and will be there one day this kind of like collector's folder or like templates of like collecting all the first like the 1819 Bruges cards collecting all the 2021 uh Lille cards the year they won Ligue this type yeah. of stuff those things have been rumored and I've seen concepts concepts drawn up on Twitter I just think at the minute for so rare maybe they don't even give a shit about that maybe it'll never happen but I think it's about prioritization and about like what needs done first what do we need to do because they're obviously a small team the developers only have so much leg power and hours in the day so I, I do personally think that collectible thing will be doubled down on soon. But yeah. it is interesting you say that because I do think there's a lot of players in the platform worth next to fuck all. And I'd love to see if they could do something SBC-wise because even that that's streamable. Yeah, but but then again, where does it come into gambling, right? Because, like for example, let's say you can submit five or ten or whatever uh, limiteds and you get a rare like that's it. So now obviously limiteds now have value because when you you're essentially burning the limiteds, which makes them even rarer, which gives them even more value. And then you're gonna get yourself a rare. Now, if you hit a sick rare, that's that's cool. But if you don't, that's not so good. So is that now gambling? Like where you know what I mean? Like where does where does it yeah, where does it subside? And then furthermore, like submitting a team of rares gives you a super rare, or submitting a few super rares gives you a, a unique. And that's cool because then you can use them in SO5 again. But for me, a lot of the questions I get on stream when I'm looking at so rare and stuff, like people are just like, what's the point? Like one guy talked about how he just, the barrier for entry to earn rewards is extreme. And it's not, we can get onto that in a second, but I can see people that they're, they're like overwhelmed by the amount of information and the amount of things that are there. But I can understand why they think the barrier for entry is quite high. So just having like a side game a way to even just you know i know there's a there's so rare there's a like a there is like a site isn't there where you can there's like one v one mega data yeah so rare mega yeah 
Yeah. Um, but on so rare itself, like having having a way to be able to utilize any card, maybe in a one v one format or just some other way, having some kind of mini game or side game or it would be mad valuable for so rare. Um, but going on to just to segue with regards to like the value. I was looking on stream and we was looking, I was trying to build like a rare squad for the upcoming game week because I didn't really want to get involved in internationals. And uh, we was looking at a team of limiteds actually, because somebody put the question in, okay, you're spending way, like way too much money that I can afford to be involved here. So I went and looked at a limited squad that I put together that based on previous results. And I, I paid 95 euros altogether. And I know some of the so rare kind of, uh, hardcores don't like it when you talk in euros or pounds. It has to be Ethereum <laughs> only, right? But I paid 95 euros for this team and it would have scored in top 10 if, in Division 5 in Global All-Stars, which would have earned me a card that would be, like, at worst case scenario, 30 or 40 euros. So, mm. And then maybe that team appreciated and it's worth more than 95 euros I paid for it. So there is a relatively low barrier for entry, but it comes with a really high time requirement yeah. to actually find... The cards that are going to be playing well at the low end of the price. I hear you. It's like you can either come in with money or you come in with time. Yeah. That's why I look at it. It's almost like a graph and like one axis is one, one axis the other. Like you come in with one or the other because you can come in and you can put all the research in the world and you snipe bargains left, right and center. They appreciate and you make a lot of money and you win and you compete on a relatively low budget or you come in and you just splash the cash and you jump straight up to the leaderboards. Yeah. I think I did a bit of a mix to be honest with you um maybe the former maybe kind of coming in a bit a bit more savvy at the start and then over time i just started throwing cash at it but again i, I completely agree it's something you mentioned i think the platform as a whole on sign up it is not um it's not simple enough it's just not simple yeah, enough. yeah it's not user friendly at all yeah no um and i mean it is a complicated game i i sometimes forget that to be honest with you because obviously i'm doing tutorials and i'm running around on it all day talking about it all the time with podcasts and I'm detached from that initial sign-up stage for myself, which was almost a year ago now. And But, like, realistically, if I was to take all the knowledge out of my head about so rare and look at it again, like, what the fuck is champion? What is challenger? Yeah. Under-23, yeah. champion America, champion Asia. What is a special weekly? What's a unique division? Can I enter that? And then you're looking at the market. What are the four types of cards? Where do I find out? Like, is that good price? Is that a bad price? And then someone has to tell you about so rare data. How do I contact a manager to negotiate? Someone has to tell you, go and find them on Discord, but I can't find them on Discord. Well, you can send them offers, but they can't counter offer yet, but it's coming soon. And I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole here and just yeah. not stop talking for 20 minutes about the nuances and caveats with so rare. And they just need to bring that right down to brass taxes, right down to simple for little Jimmy who wants to stick 200 quid in, buy a couple of limited teams and have a bit of fun at the weekend. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. That super, super simple kind of fantasy element. Yeah, they need they need that for me. As I say, like I looked at the site when I got offered the brand opportunity, and I was just, I was just like, no, I was, I was like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to get. Like even now, like if you go to Champion, I mean they've changed a little bit of the interface just today. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, the Champion division now, you you click on it, and hey, Division Five Champion Europe. Hey, what cards? Um, what cards can I put in here? It does. It doesn't tell me. It, the barrier for entry like whether i can have rares limiteds like and if you know you know and like when i was on stream mm. people were like well it's division five mate it's obviously limiteds like well yeah, it's not yeah. obviously limiteds it's, it's obvious to you because you know that it's limiteds but to me i have no idea what it is and it doesn't explain anywhere and then to find like previous results 
it's just the amount of clicks to look at the prize pool for that week, how many people entered that week, like the points threshold to get into the uh, like prize positions that week compared to the team that you had, like how they might have done last week. Like all this data they have in there, it's just packaged horrifically for the user. Mm. And so for new users to come on, it's so confusing. And it's just so like, it, it, I can imagine because it turned me away. Now that I'm somebody that loves this kind of stuff, loves the stats, the figures, really likes to get into this kind of thing. And I got turned away from it. And it wasn't until I tweeted out about some of the uh, physical cards that a lot of people got back in touch and were like, man, if you like that, you should check out So Rare. And so mm-hmm. I kept seeing it pop up on my timeline a whole bunch more that I eventually reached out to you after our initial conversation a few months ago. Um, asked a few questions because I was like, I just don't know what's going on here. Like, I'm, I'm confused. So, yeah, I think there is a lot of potential, a lot of potential. But I, I, they make it difficult. I completely agree. And I think I was only talking to someone about this today. I forget who. It's about like with anything like this, when there's so many numbers and so much data, it's so hard to represent that in a user-friendly way and in a way that looks pretty and in a way that's functional. But you're right, because the first time, and albeit the platform has come on leaps and bounds and changed a lot since I signed up. But when I went to sign up, I looked at it two, three times, said, nah, nah, fuck off, just nah, can't be arsed the headache, like fuck off. Then I jumped on a call, I say this every single week, somehow this comes up every week. I jumped on a call with Quinny, with Hendo, with Hybe, three Scottish lads who all love the platform. And I can talk me through it and I got involved. And then over time you pick up bits and bobs, but you're right. Like, I mean, there should be like on these divisions and even the names of them could change. So it's a bit more, I don't know, champion challenger Europe to me, they're just, it's easy. But even now we were only talking last week on the podcast. It's a bit messy because like, I think Portugal have now overtaken like France in terms of Europe's top five leagues as per some statistics for like UEFA waiting for, you know the Champions League and Europa League and whatever so it's like what a champion Europe it's the top five leagues in Europe what are the top five leagues in Europe that could get messy over time so yeah like that sort of thing needs to change should they have an average score to, to get a card in that division over the past 10 weeks over the past five weeks so it's just people can make those like better decisions without having to go externally for their data you're right it could be it could be presented so much better but I think like the position you're in where you're streaming to thousands of people who are potential users of so rare people who could potentially sign up and they're asking you these questions in this stream this is literally the perfect sort of case study and the thing so should be looking at and going like this guy is everyone's asking about the this everyone's asking about that everyone's wanting to know this like how can we make more yeah. user-friendly onboarding well, experience. Look, I have a question for you, for example, right? So I was just looking on the market the other day and I saw player of the year cards. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, so how does a player of the year card get determined? And then I asked in the Discord and some guy was like, okay, so there's two player of the year cards per player from whatever team or whatever. I'm like, okay, but ha- like, how does so rare determine those? Like, why is it like that numbered person? Like, you know, like... Instead of taking, so because so, so it was a rare card, obviously there's 100 rares. And so now two of the rares are player of the years. Am I correct? Is that right, right? Yeah. Well, like, again, I don't even know. I'm pretty sure it's two. Um, I don't know why it's two. But yeah, I don't know where they picked that number. But that two isn't added on to the 100. It's part of the 100. Yeah. So, only, yeah. so there's actually only 98 rares well, because two of them are player of the years. But they are still technically rares for like contest entry purposes. Do you know what but I mean? they have a they have a bigger bonus, don't they? Because no. they're player of the years, do they not? 
No, they they are. It's it's purely aesthetic and collectible. Right, and so that on so rare with regards to having that boost and things like that. That is now that that's like what's the point of having the player of the year over the regular rare? There is none. Yet people are paying. Yeah. But yeah, but the whole like you know, in in the terms of the name, so rare. Okay, this is this is so rare. There's only two of these. This is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you think about it, this is just and that's one why it's step. more collectible. Yeah, yeah, it is. But right. it's not any better from SO five. Yeah, know? it doesn't have more utility. So I, I was like sitting there trying to figure out like you know like the rookie cards and stuff. I'm like, all right, this rookie card's cool. The rookie card design looks cool. They could definitely do way more designs and way better with designs, but I understand the whole one ten hundred thousand is where they're at. But then there are some that are like, like you see with like some of the uh, rares from last year. Not all one hundred got like distributed. Yeah, so, so it's not a one of a hundred; it's a one of eighty-three. Yeah, something like that, right? And so with the limiteds now as well. I don't know. I don't know what the distribution process looks like because the auction market is generally only focused on the one particular club that they've re-signed or just announced that day. Which means, like, I've got this guy on my screen right now, Steph Peters. When I look at Steph Peters's cards for this season so far, thirty-seven of his limiteds have been distributed. Now he's a good scorer. He actually looks like a, a good purchase, to be fair, but. There's only 37 limiteds. There's a thousand to come. Like, when are they coming? Yeah. yeah. And this is something I actually get asked a lot. It's about is there a schedule for auctions? Do you know? Yeah. How can I know when I can get such and such player on auction? And to me, it just seems like they kind of throw out, I don't know what the system is. What I have noticed is they tend to auction off the super rares or uniques not long after a player's in a bit of a hot streak. Obviously, okay. to get, get a bit get more of money. FOMO. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Yeah. So, like, you'll quite often see someone who you haven't really noticed, like seen before, you don't really know the name, and you're looking at them and their scores, like their average score over the last five is like 67, and you look at them and they're on a hot streak, and you're like, oh, that's why they're selling them now. So yeah. there, must, there is there is some sort of rhyme or reason behind it. I don't know if it's an algorithm. I don't know if it's a little guy who sits in a closet all day listing <laughs> cards for auction. But the bottom line is, you're right. A lot of people ask me, like, how do I know when it's going to happen? And a lot of people speculate that, you know these cards won't get to the thousand so they'll actually be more scarce than you think and like obviously the rares they haven't printed a hundred of the rares so but what i always wonder is and this is something that i need to ask someone because i don't know i don't think you'll have the answer because i definitely don't like they can mint up to 100 rares 10 super rares one unique and now a thousand limiteds of any card in any season if they don't mint it and sell it in that season what i'm wondering is do they have them minted and they're just sitting in like the back room yeah and they actually do exist or is it once that player gets a transfer like what is in the clause of these con- these uh the contract with these clubs like once mbappe gets the real madrid transfer at some stage right from that point is it from the day that's confirmed the psg notify so rare and so rare can no longer mint any mbappe nfts or how does that all work yeah because i don't know how many rares mbappe got to last season 2021 let's say it wasn't 100 I'm pretty sure the 100 of 100 got tried to get sold on golden auctions or something. But let's just say it wasn't 100. Do you really think so rare want to give up the the revenue that 17 Mbappe cards would generate? I yeah. don't think so. So do they yeah. stick them in the back backlog for later and they'll do like a throwback thing in three years' time? 
or are they genuinely gone? And you're right, that needs written. I think some sort of predictable or some something for Sorare to be accountable in terms of the rate of auctions, when the yeah. auctions are, that sort of thing. Do you know? I, th- yeah, I think so that would be important. Just going on Mbappe there, so only 84 rares got print, minted last last season. So oh, is there off, 16 yeah. Mbappes that they can just release now? Or because it's last season's card, yeah, do they just not exist anymore? Could, could they be given, like when we're talking about SBCs or some kind of like tangible game or something, some side game, could they be offered up? You know, okay, you can win yourself a uh, classic 2020, 2021 Kylian Mbappe rare card by, you know, hitting, finishing in the top three in the Global All-Stars division this week. So you mm. get Ethereum, you get your star rare, and you get this bonus Mbappe on top. Or, or are they Celebrate just... his Champions League World Cup yeah. winning season sort of shit. Yeah, and then it can be a World Cup Mbappe rare with a real yeah. cool design, and all of a sudden there's this little something there. But you said there's a small team. Now, do they have the facilities to look into every single player they've got, how many were minted, how many weren't, then keep on top of real-life things that they've done and achieved to make these next special designs and have they got designers on board to make the designs? And I can imagine it's not an easy task for them to to run so rare in that, that fashion, but it is also important that transparency transparency is there when there is so much money being thrown around because i can imagine if they just dumped the next 16 rares that are available it would probably move his rares price enough to piss some people off yeah but you've also then yeah do they get burned like yeah who knows (laughs) exactly who knows um but yeah they do have a small team they're growing there's the investment it's time and i think for me again as an incredibly biased bullish person disclaimer do your own research use your own brain but for me it's the amount of possibilities we're speaking of that excites me you know there are things they can do there's things we haven't even discussed they can do yeah and i based on track record trust them to make the right decisions now i'm going to just move it straight on because something else i want to talk about was what's happening in two days time and based on that trust based on changes the ninth of the ninth there's a lot of speculation about the day they're promoting it a lot it's on like skins on their um, on their site, on their Twitter, on their Discord, ninth of the ninth, ninth of the ninth, and you know they are hyping it up. They're definitely yeah. hyping it yeah. up. Um, I've seen companies before hype things up, and if it isn't as hypey as it should be, there's a lot of disappointment. So you do run the risk whenever you hype things. You need yeah. to fucking deliver because if you yeah. don't, you're in for ridicule. So my two now this podcast will go the day after this has happened. So let's hope it all went smoothly. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's hope it wasn't disappointing. I'm my two sort of guesses are La Liga fully onboarded the whole league. I think everyone would be disappointed based on the hype if it was just Barcelona, which obviously would be a really big thing normally. But based on the hype, if it was just Barcelona, especially when ne- Messi's left, yeah, and whoever else, it just wouldn't be as exciting. Like who wants their breath with? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one thing. I think full La Liga is one thing, or some sort of blog update or implication like implementation of this new academy progress bar progression feature thing that's coming. yeah um, yeah right so with the progress bar so it's a lot of things are both inside exciting and scary for someone new into so rare right because for me this like i've i've invested like at the moment maybe like three thousand euros into so rare and some of it i've regret straight away you know i've i've purchased players 
because they were cheap on auction, like yeah. and now they're even cheaper on the manager market. And I made mistakes with squad building because I didn't really understand that, like, because the 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 week, the game week that I really got into it was an international week, and the global all stars was there. I didn't know that the champion and challenger. Europe was a thing because it wasn't on the sidebar, right? So I was sitting there now and I've bought loads of cards that don't fit in proper league teams. Yeah, so I've now I've got to invest even more money to kind of fill up those gotcha. teams. Yeah, they exactly, gotcha. yeah. <laughs> so with the 9-9 stuff, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, now I don't want to be under-invested and whatever they release blows up and then like, you know, all these cards that I could have got for like 10, 20 euros are now worth hundreds or thousands of euros. But I also don't want to be overinvested and be picking up super rares or rares that are worth hundreds and thousands of euros that go down to tens and hundreds of euros. So, it, it like, you know, the FOMO is definitely like plays on my mind with that. Mm. Um, but as, as like a new player, like the, the Division Four threshold rewards were what I built my rare team around. And now I'm learning that that's disappearing. And so now I'm sitting there with like, you know, maybe a thousand euros of rares that just might be, you know, my game was to get that return on investment Mm. via the um, Ethereum threshold points and then hopefully placing high enough that over the course of like one to two months, I'd be able to get my initial investment back. Hopefully my team would have appreciated as well and maybe I could have made some money there too. And then, then when I'm playing with like house money, so to speak, I'm then free to kind of really explore what so rare can do. I was trying to ease my way into it, but hearing about this new progression bar leaves me a little bit tentative of, okay, is this a progression bar that's going to benefit spenders or players? Is it going to benefit people that like on the low end of the spectrum, or is it going to be another one of those things where the whales are just going to profit massively off the back of all the guys that are buying these cards that aren't scoring enough to really be involved in earning prizes? You see, I think based on what I have heard, and there is a lot of, there isn't a lot, but there is some anxiety around what's to come. But I think the, I think this is something that should and will benefit the lower budget managers. I think this is a progression bar to allow progression. And I think the whole idea of it is that while they might move that Ethereum threshold payout, you will be able to have a pro, there'll be a bar of, of such, of some description that over the weeks you will level up level up level up almost think of it like do you know on fifa ultimate team whenever you do like each season yeah how long is the yeah. season 40 50 days you unlock it and you'll get a pack and then you get the skin yeah. to your stadium and then you get to this and at the end you might get a player or some big pack i think it's going to kind of be like that where the based on the points you score each week over a longer term not just weekly not just bi-weekly um you will level up to an extent where at any stage you could almost cash out and be like, right, we'll take this prize. Or do you keep going to try and get the bigger prize? Right. And you'll be able to take either XP, Ethereum, or a choice of a player card. And the, the idea is that they'll throw like three players at you and you might be able to choose one, I think. Right. Or you'll just get a rare card or something like that. So I think that's kind of the idea. But the whole the thing with me with this is, right, they've also said, I think they mentioned that if you're going to be playing D3 or higher, the progress bar won't be accessible to you right so it really is for those smaller accounts the wheels won't be coming in sweeping up all the rewards down there too because if they want to use their cards that they've spent hundreds of thousands on in division one division two division three they won't actually be able to access that progress bar and, and take part in that part of the game that is a progression bar for new users 
So does that mean that if you're in Division 1, 2, or 3, and then in Division 4 and 5 as well, the progression bar doesn't work for you? Yeah, if you end, I think that they've said, I'm pretty sure, it's been so long, it's been like three or four months since they announced this, I'm pretty sure they said in a blog, or at least I've heard it rumoured about, that if you're in Division 3 or higher, if you enter a team in Division 3 or higher on that week, you will not be eligible for the progression bar. But that's very, that is very good for newcomers and yeah, no-budget no. managers. Back onto the speculation of it all, something definitely that's worth mentioning is there's been a lot of hesitance um, around super rares this week. Now, I think this all started on what day is it today? Tuesday, Monday, Sunday night, something like that. I think a bunch of managers who are well known long enough on the platform, I think the French contingent, apparently it looked quite coordinated a lot of people listing super rares at the same time now there was a bit of panic that ensued people think why are these guys all listing their super rares two or three days before an announcement they know something do you know something's up yeah but an observation from that was that they were listing a lot of super rares that weren't particularly premium and they were listing them for prices that weren't exactly flogging them so did they really want the sale or were they just sticking them out there to see i don't know what the story was um the bottom line is, I didn't really act on it. I don't know if you've seen the rumours. Like, they're just rumours, and it is all hearsay, because the So Rare team are very tight-lipped about what's coming. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm an affiliate. I have direct contact with the affiliate manager, and I have been like, oh, go on, like here, I need to, I need to prep my <laughs> thumbnail, thumbnails for my YouTube. Go on, what, what'll, I, what'll I put in the thumbnail? And they're like, fuck off, John, everyone. <laughs> like Literally, I get told, nah, go away. You'll hear when everyone else does. Um, They're very tight-lipped, but... It is not out of the question that someone knows something. Yeah. Do you know, it yeah. is not out of the question. Yeah, and, and you never know. On the Discord that I'm in, there's uh, the manager, YNWA, who's like, I see him, he basically owns every card on SoRare, basically. And then there's another manager, <laughs> and they were in a Discord, like, having a little bit of banter back and forth. And the one guy was like, very assured of himself that he knew what was coming, and that's why he was offloading his super res. But as you say, was he just making a play to try and make people be like, oh my God, he's listing it like a little bit cheap, but not flogging it price. Let me go, let me go in on that. Maybe he was just trying to make some sales to free up some equity off the back of, you know, the hype and the concern and all sorts. But yeah, so uh, like, it's difficult for So Rare right now because like when I first joined So Rare three months ago, the limited cards didn't exist. And I'm not saying I had a, the I was the sole purpose or whatever, but my feedback to my management team, who then gave that feedback to So Rare, one of my pieces of feedback was the barrier for entry is just too expensive. And then about a month later, the limited cards came onto the market and came into the game, and there was a lot of concern about how that would impact the rare market and scale. And I I don't know because I wasn't there, but you could tell me better if it actually had a negative impact on the market or not. It definitely but, clogged up. I think it took a lot of people's eyes off rares for a week or two. You okay. Know? It definitely did. Yeah. I mean, these limited cards are all over. Now, what I do like is that there is a very easy toggle. You can see they've acted on that feedback again. If you go to the new card auctions now, if you could so rare open there. Yeah, yeah. Um, like if you go to new card auctions on desktop or on mobile, there's the limited rare, super rare, unique toggle yeah. at the top. If you click limited, they're all gone. And I've been doing that a lot. And honestly, it's made me look at the auctions again. It was just, and it's it's such a small thing, but it was just that little bit clunky for me to go in, go down, sort by scarcity, untick the other one, da, fart about, yeah. have a look. Like, this is just like, you click the button, it's done, you see them. So now I'm back looking at auctions. There was a period where I think the limit has just clogged everything up. People wanted D5 teams. People were putting their ETH there. 
um people were making less offers on rares because their eyes were elsewhere but like over time over people signing up over just whatever i, I think it'll come back i think it was predicted by anyone do you know the bottom line is whenever this new scarcity comes in everyone's going to turn their head to it but over yeah. time the idea is that enough people sign up and the progression's there that people all want rares do you know so it's a short-term versus long-term play for me i didn't bat an eyelid or change anything i didn't sell up any rares based on it but i kind of had an idea they might come down in value because the eyes are looking elsewhere um but long term i think they'll, they'll be good i think they're just rarer now the new starting point is limited you want to progress to rares it was always you started yeah rares. they're the most common thing out there other than commons yeah the case yeah well the commons that's are obviously changed. absolutely useless aren't they yeah um and that's another big topic which we'll maybe not get into because we have a lot to talk about, but like a lot of people talking about like what happens commons, do they all just get burned? Do we have eight weeks to use them and they disappear? Do they get converted to limiteds? Do they do this? Do they do that? Do we just keep them and they're used in some special weeklies? Like what is it? Um, Who knows? Yeah, but like, do you know what's much. so funny? I had a load of notes, Nep, and I actually haven't looked at them once. So remember <laughs> I said to you before we started, I kind of digress and we'll chat shit. We've done that for yeah, 40 minutes. We have. So I was just check if there was anything we needed to, to bang off um we've already talked about the onboarding experience that was a question from rascal um we've talked about that oh i just wanted to throw out there welcome to sylvan sylvian utard is a new head of engineering at so rare welcome i'll give a shout out to your colleague your other new colleague last week so i felt only right to give you a shout they're hiring they're still hiring which is great the other thing I wanted to talk about before the questions was that super rare speculation, which we've covered briefly. Look, again, it's all speculation. Time will tell what happens. By the time you're listening to us now, you'll already know what has happened. Um, but yeah, it, there could be a million reasons why anyone wants to sell, sell up, sell their gallery, sell their super rares. And obviously when a big, big, big account does that, others follow, panic ensues. I get it. But I've seen nothing concrete. I've seen no evidence of anything to make me want to do the same yet. Now, if tomorrow or two days time something comes out that definitely devalues super rares it's gonna look a bit off and i'll rant about that next week do you know yeah but yeah. until it happens it is what it is so will we hit some questions or is there anything else and all that um i mean like i've I, again from a question from from me is about you know when a player is not so5 eligible yeah they got that little red x to them and it says this player is not in a team yet covered by SO5. His points will not be scored. Sometimes it says this player is not eligible for SO5, but they will be soon. What does that mean? You see, I've asked that question before because a guy messaged me and he was buying up players from like the Hungarian league because he was saying they were said it said they were scoring sooner and his game was that when these are scoring, this guy's like the top scorer in the league. Yeah. And I asked about it, and I think I don't know what the difference is between those two messages. But again, that's something that needs to be more concrete. I think if maybe if if it's a league that's already in the top, their their goal basically Nep is that they want to onboard the top twenty leagues in the world. Now, how do you classify the top twenty leagues in the world? I don't know, but they want to have the full top twenty leagues in the world. That is their number one primary goal to make the best global fantasy football game that there is. That's the goal. Um. Now, there'll be leagues there that maybe are in those 20 and maybe there's leagues that aren't and maybe that differentiates whether they'd be scoring sooner or they won't. I don't know. But um, there have been issues around that before. Red X's appear on players who actually are eligible and vice versa. And a lot of that can be around contract situations with players and there's issues. It is messy. I think a lot of that comes from opt-in stuff, which isn't great at times. Right. But 
the bottom line for me is I don't really pay much attention to it. <laughs> um, and they're very tight-lipped about what leagues you can expect soon, and they don't really release that information. So, yeah, fair enough. I have actually fed back. I did feed back directly to them. I said you shouldn't really say that it'll be licensed soon if it's something that is not actually going to be licensed soon, because people are buying thinking they're being clever. Yeah, do you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is my answer? Fair Maybe enough. I can answer that. <laughs> um. So yeah, a few questions. Well, I hit you with them. Yeah, go for it. There was a great response. So obviously you, you retweeting it and helping me out there was, was brilliant. Um, but we got a sort of record number of, of questions. Um, and as always, just to be really ego, not egotistical, I don't know, really just like, I don't know, going for the likes. The most liked ones get asked first. And that this week is no different. Grussler Burger has, a, has an intense question for you. And it's coming at you straight off the bat, coming in hot. Do you miss running a business that allows children to gamble? Now, I don't know what this even means, but you can. All right. Oh, yeah. I, I can absolutely, uh, I can absolutely like explain there. Um, so I had a website back in 2015 that was called Foot Galaxy. And on Foot Galaxy, it allowed people to use FIFA coins to bet on real world football matches. And your return would be FIFA coins. Um, I think it's very disingenuous to say that I was running a child gambling ring. It was it was not 18 rated for a period of time because that was a feedback that we had got from certain lawyers and gambling commission. And then it became an 18 rated site when we then got the feedback from the gambling commission that they were concerned that FIFA coins were money's worth. And so therefore we went and got all the licenses, but one. And from, I mean, I've explained this before on Sidemen podcasts and on my own like yeah, videos yeah. and stuff, but... Um, my business partner basically explained to me that we had all the licenses. I know this, this is where my my faults come in because I didn't care to check. I didn't care to yeah. do my due diligence. I was naive enough to just believe what he said was the truth. And my, like, my moral compass was just off in general. I'll get to that in a second. But um, essentially, I, I thought we had all the licenses to allow gambling, essentially. And because there was a period of time that miners could have used their coins to bet on real-world football, and that's where my moral compass was just off in general, um, the press and you know the the media took what that and then the actual gambling aspect and kind of put them together. And you know, people now, as you know, trolls on Twitter and stuff are like, "Oh, you got found guilty of running a child gambling ring or whatever," which just is so far from the truth. <laughs> it's a right? little bit sensationalist, yeah. isn't it? Because for full disclosure, the the crimes I was convicted of was facilitating and promoting gambling without a license. Now, we had license for worldwide, apart from the UK. The British Gambling Commission did not license what we were doing. Um, and again, I wasn't aware of that until it was too late, basically. But that is my 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 fault. I take full responsibility. And I've, I, I hope two things, mostly. I hope, first of all, I've paid my dues. I paid my fines and I paid all the other things. But I also hope that like I've managed to give enough back to my community and stuff to show them it was a mistake. It wasn't, it's not my nature. It's yeah. not what, you know, not in me. But number two is I learned a lesson greater than anybody could learn. And what I feel that allows me to do is when taking on so rare, for example, is have an actual both sides of the perspective. You know, I've, I can see both yeah. sides of the coin and hopefully it will allow me to be able to be more, I suppose, comfortable with what I'm doing because I know like 
from that experience. Yeah, so. essentially. Yeah, you know, I'm hoping that people will see that this isn't just another. Oh, there's another gambling thing he's jumping in but i've actually been very tentative i've made sure to use the yeah. site myself as much as possible and there is certainly an aspect of it could still be gambling um so that's what went on with me back then and uh that that was back in 2015 and so rare definitely has some similarities with regards to gambling and because again another misconception is that i have a, a large audience of minors and i don't most of my audience in over 90% of my audience on every platform is over 18. Well, I suppose course, when you've been streaming for 12 years, like naturally people will have followed you through that and they've Yeah, they up. would have grown up themselves and there's a lot of content creators out there that are more geared towards younger people and my content just isn't. My, my personality isn't like I'm not, I, I swear sometimes I try not to win videos because it demonetizes it, but, uh, you know, I swear a lot and, you know, I'm edgy or whatever, like, like you know, don't mind the odd like the hair says eight, it all the That's anal fisting joke here or there you know what i mean like <laughs> you know yeah exactly that yeah so um it, this so rare is, it is difficult because when you have got a large audience to set an example is important but where is the line drawn with regards to setting that example with regard like if i drive a car am i now suggesting to people that don't have a license yeah. hey go and drive a car so if i invest my money into so rare does that inherently now mean that i'm forcing everybody that does watch me that's under 18 to go and steal their dad's credit cards to buy some ethereum to get onto so rare like i think that might tie into another question and i think i'm like obviously i am way smaller scale but i do stream in a sense in some ways i might be an influencer now that Absolutely, was my yeah. six thousand strong on twitter but like the thing with me is like there was a question here which I think ties in to that kind of moral dilemma was from Fraser who says, Did you actually stumble upon So Rare or are you are they paying you? So if you're getting paid actively to promote So Rare, I think you have a responsibility on what you're promoting and who you're promoting it to. If it's just a genuine hobby of yours and it's something you're doing and you're kind of saying here, if you want to get involved, get involved. The responsibility for me morally is somewhat less because I've promoted things in the past that I'm not paid for. And it's things that I just like. Like I yeah. open soccer cards on streams and stuff, the few hundred people watching. And, you know, if they go and buy soccer cards, that's on them. I stick the wee disclaimers in like, look, if you want to do this, do it. I enjoy it. I'm opening it at the end of a stream because I like doing it. But if this is a paid advertisement, I think there's a little bit more the due diligence. Do you trust the platform you're promoting? Right. Because if all goes tits up, people are going to come at you. Yeah, absolutely. You haven't done the due diligence, you know? Yeah. So so for me, I, I didn't stumble across So Rare. I was, my management, as I said, they've got, they're involved with So Rare in some way. Um, and they came to me and said, there's, you know, cool NFT products like So Rare, like football themed, like similar to Fart. Uh, they want to work with you on a brand deal situation. Are you interested? I said, let me take a look at the site. And then after half an hour, 45 minutes on the site, I was like, yeah, I'm not interested for a whole, mm. whole bunch of reasons. The gambling aspect what it meant with like because of my history the fact that the site wasn't yeah. user friendly how am i going to actually put this into a video and make it seem natural when i don't really know much about it or whatever so i said no um that was about three months ago since then i've got into the hobby boxes of physical cards and a lot of people every time i tweet about the physical cards are like oh you like that you'll love this and so just the NFT world in general, I've really got into in the last two to three weeks, the Zed Run horse racing stuff, 
Anini do some blockchain stuff, uh, MBA top shots do some blockchain stuff. And so I've really started to get into it. And so I'm not being paid right now by so rare. Mm. There is a very strong possibility that I will be in the near future. But right now it's just me enjoying so rare. Yeah. I've I've got no benefits. I'm not even an affiliate. I'm just a punter like anybody else. Yeah. Um and and using it on stream has definitely been with regards to the gambling aspect, it's it, it like it is a gamble. It is a gamble. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's it not gambling. Is, that's but the it's thing. not gambling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's yeah. that's where it's like that that's where it's it, it, like because for me there's three like three core elements to so rare. There's the SO5, the fantasy aspect, there's the collectibles aspect, and there's a trading aspect. And not neither of those are gambling because with the SO5 stuff, that which is the closest to gambling, it's you you're not losing anything. It's free to still play. have your asset. Yeah, exactly. So you're not actually losing any, you're not putting it something in and getting something back it or not in return based on odds or anything. You are just putting in your five cards that you already have as a collector's item or as a trading mm. item to put them to further use and giving them that extra utility. But because the NFT world is so new and people are so naive to the whole concept and, you know, with the price of crypto, I think even since I've joined Ethereum has spiked so high that cards that I bought now, I could sell for the same amount of Ethereum and effectively lose money. But because mm. people are so naive to the NFT world, and because of my history with Foot Galaxy, there's it doesn't there's it's just gambling immediately because it's me mm. and because it's you know there is a gamble of an aspect there. There is a yeah, there it, it can very easily be tied to gambling. And even myself, who is so bullish, and I mean I've gambled in the past. I'm over eighteen. I can gamble the fuck I want. But <laughs> for me, when I look at it, like I can't say it's categorically gambling. But looking at it, it feels in a sense at times kind of like sports cards where it's not gambling, but everyone knows. And it is definitely dangerous for problem gamblers. Yes. Now, it's not it's not gambling, but it's dangerous for problem gamblers. And I think that is kind of the way I think of it. So I think for content creators it's like yourself, like me, whenever you're promoting it or paid to promote it like i am an affiliate but at the end of the day i'm not getting paid directly and like a deal to promote it the well maybe is it i don't know if it's the same thing but anyway i just make sure that i for my own self to be able to sleep at night if it was to go tits up i always say don't put in what you can't afford to lose you never know what's going to happen da, 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 da. all the other disclaimers i promote other platforms I promote diversification among platforms, among among NFTs, because if it does go tits up, which is well out of me, you, and every other content creator that will ever work with SoRares, it's out of our yeah, um, it's out of our hands in many ways. You're you're betting on the horse. <laughs> That's a bad analogy to use at the minute. You're kind of you're back in SoRare to succeed, but we can't guarantee that they will succeed. And if they don't, you just want to be able to sleep at night whenever yeah. people have lost and money I because. You're telling people to make their own decisions, do yeah. their own research, and all the and rest. Even now, you know, you, you kind of minimize your six thousand Twitter followers. Think of six thousand people in a room like that. That is, you have a, a big influence. That is an influence. And yeah. so, for me, that the moral dilemma is still even if you put in the disclaimers, the guys don't spend what you can't afford to lose. Check out Gamble Aware. Make sure you're the correct age. You know, don't don't be spending your rent money because somebody that you saw online made a, a quick buck flipping some cards over the course yeah. of a week even if you put those disclaimers there 
is your influence still big enough to the point where people will just see you doing it so they'll do it in spite of what you say and that's where for yeah, me i'm like can can't like i talk to my like my wife about do i want to take so rare as a brand deal or do i just want to use so rare as a punter and if i take it as a brand deal, it's going to have to go onto youtube and it's very difficult in a short 30 to 45 second or minute integration to be like hey here's this cool site here's all these cool features don't spend what you can't afford to lose and then people be like well hold on like you have like you this is very close to what what's gone on in the past and so for me where where do i where do i say okay even though it's only about eight percent of my audience is under 18 and okay some people lie about their age on youtube let, let's even let's give it a big scope and say 15 percent of my audience are under 18 how much influence am I having on this 15% of people that are watching me to actually go and do mm. something that they shouldn't be doing? And then the whole dilemma of content creators in general comes of, is that my responsibility or is that their parents' responsibility to know what they're doing at home what with their watching. parents' credit cards? And yeah, like, so it's, there, there's just no end to the, should the you moral do this? Shouldn't, yeah, dilemma, compass, yeah. everything yeah. else. And I think even like, if you if you actually did have a brand deal was so rare, um, I don't think they would want you saying be gamble aware because they would be very against calling themselves gambling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you yeah. wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, look, I, I thank you for being so open and honest about the, the stuff. With, yeah. Was it Food Galaxy? And yeah. Um, we've got into Fraser's question there. So yeah, we've covered them too. There was another one. We'll, we'll bang out a couple more. Um, so hoodwink I think we might have covered this yeah we covered this at the start that was about PAX SBC's chemistry and stuff let me find another one Rascal we answered that at the top of the show so they're the, they're the big four let's see what else there was a few with like sort of seven eight likes about let's see who did well so <laughs> who did well so shallow um, so rare ML as someone who used to trade a lot on foot I think many strategies can be carried over to so rare have you found some similarities so oh, look absolutely. I'll give you I'll give you a bit of my background in terms of FIFA Ultimate Team, it's not something I ever really talk about in my content. To be honest with you, if I'd have started making FIFA content three years ago instead of Football Index, Footstock, and now So Rare, I'd probably have 10 times as many subscribers. But that's just the nature of the beast. Um, but I've played FIFA for 15 years. Oh, long, what age am I? 15, 20 years now, nearly. Very casually played just manager modes for years, playing against your friends for years and years and years. Got into FIFA Ultimate Team probably about 2015, 2014. Played a bit of it, got big into it. Never spent too much money, but I'd always chuck in like an extra 50 quid when I first got the game to open a few packs and get the head yeah. start. I've done, I've spent a lot of time on SBCs, maybe in like FIFA 19, FIFA 18, 19. A lot of time on SBCs, had a fucking cracking team, icons, the whole shebang. Loved it. Um, so I do I do get FIFA Ultimate Team, but something I never really got bar one season, Whenever it was whenever they brought in the, the ranges on the coins for prices for players. Yeah, it was whenever they brought that in, it kind of it, it ruined me because they did it mid-season, didn't they? They did it mid-game. Yeah, FIFA 15. Yeah, they fucked me in FIFA 15 because I was big into it and I was rinsing out Lichtsteiners. He was like right back in Italy at the time. I had his inform and I was buying them all for 80k, selling them all for 115k or whatever. And just I was buying the whole market. Anyone listed under a certain amount, I bought them, had them all listed 115. I was just dominating that market and I was churning out coins. And I was literally, I mean, like I was within 
a couple of hundred thousand of buying your Ronaldo's, buying your Messi's cards they'd never had on foot before. And they slapped this in. Lichtsteiner all of a sudden, max list and priced like 50k. And I was like, I've been buying these for 80k. I'm fucked. <laughs> Lost everything. And just basically gave up on foot for a season or two until 1819. So I do have an idea about FIFA Ultimate Team. It's basically what I'm trying to let you and everyone listen to know. But the trading was something that kind of evaded me after that point. Um, so I'll just let you answer the question now that I've been all self-indulgent. Is, uh, what, what sort of similarities have you found? It, like j- just market awareness. And, and I think, I, I don't know if you know who Run the Foot Market Nick is, um, but he's like a, a fellow FIFA YouTuber and he kind of rose to fame throughout the FIFA community because he was one of the expert traders. And what people have learned a lot over the last couple of years is that trading in FIFA and trading on a FIFA market can be applied to very many real life aspects, even trading stocks and shares in yeah. the real world. And I think because j- just having trading knowledge will give you a massive head start on so rare, but finding the kind of niches of what trades and why it is different from FIFA to so rare. And one of the first things that I picked up on, like within a day of actually putting some time into so rare, is that injured players just drop in price. Because, and and this this is where again it, the kind of gambling aspect comes in because people don't generally use so rare as a card collector collection in my opinion in, in my kind of experience and so let's say you know I know some kind of mid tier defender that scores well for like West Ham or something gets injured all of a sudden his price plummets because everyone's offloading him because they need to put somebody else mm-hmm. into their SO five team and so you can pick up injured players for a good discount. And then when they come back from injury and start playing again, their score picks up again, their price goes up again. You could just trade injured cards, right? So on top of that, like there's like people seem to trade cards based on uh, like SO5 last five. And I've been told by a few of the guys that are in my stream all the time that are on server all the time. That's just super dangerous because it, it's not always represented well, like sometimes even now, like some of the scores for the SO5 last five are from last season, the back end of last season. Yeah. And, and what it, I hear is whenever like they've played one of the last four and they're a decent game, so their average is that one game. Yeah, their average is a hundred because they've had yeah, one game. So yeah. it, it's a bit dangerous to like trade that, but like just market knowledge from FIFA applied to so rare definitely gives good value. But the scary part is always like the Ethereum price moves, and so then the price that and, and again like that I was reading the Reddit, and people get very angry, very angry, when you talk about buying on so rare with euros, pounds, or dollars. Like it, <laughs> it has to be Ethereum, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I'm like that. That's cool for you if you want to buy and sell in Ethereum. I want to yeah. buy and sell in pound coins. I, I I want to come out the other side of this with actual physical money in my hands mm. that I can do something with, not an Ethereum token that I can look at and be like, yeah, look how much Ethereum I've got, right? Um, the thing with the sure- pound thing is like if you're selling and buying, you kind of need to cash it out into that currency straight away to think that way. Because otherwise, you just are actually holding the ETH. So it's the ETH that matters because the pounds that you sell for doesn't matter if you're getting ETH in return because that pound value could fluctuate massively depending on the price of ETH. But if every time you sell a card and every time you buy a card, you cash out or cash in, then it matters in pounds. But if you're not, for me, I find it easier just to price an ETH and play the ETH game. But I get what you're saying. I kind of go on both. If, If ETH is fluctuating massively, I'll value in fate and I'll go and look on so rare data at the previous sales in euros in pounds 
But yeah. if he's been pretty static for a while, I'll just do it neat. It's a weird one. But like the thing is, anyone do whatever, do whatever way yeah. you want. And I think yeah. long term, so rare has to go fit because that's what the masses will adopt. Absolutely, unless crypto yeah. gets much more awareness and every fucker has crypto, if, unless we get to that stage, they're going to have to go by local currencies, I think. But yeah. that's a whole other topic. I interrupted yeah. you. Oh no, uh, no. It's, it was a, it was a good, uh, it was good to hear like your perspective. Like for, for me personally, and especially for like I think low budget managers, if you're going to be putting in a hundred euros, it doesn't matter what the ETH is worth to you. It just matters that one hundred euros. If you could buy a team worth a hundred euros and then earn 150, 200 euros and cash that out as euros. It doesn't matter to you whether that was 0.1 ETH, 10 ETH, 100 ETH. It, yeah. it's, it's just you're getting that actual money back that can help pay some bills or buy some food or something like that. Um, but it is also, if you are just holding it, if you're, you know, for me, I've, I've had like I don't know, 0.2 to 0.4 ETH in my account for the last like three days, buying and selling some cards and just doing a bit some bits and bobs here. And so for that reason, I suppose, yeah, buying and selling an ETH could have been more valuable, but I just look at the the pound signs and I just want, you know, I just want to make sure that my card is worth more in pounds now than it was before. Yeah. Um, but in terms of trading, like one of the concerns, both positive and negative, is that so rare blows up, right? Because if so rare blows up, even any any good scoring limited card is going to become inaccessible to your base users because any good scorer will be bought, right? So the floor will get swept, the price will go up, and then you'll be left with subs or core performers or players that are like dipping in and out of the starting lineup and can't really score very well. And nobody wants to buy that crap. So the mm. the disparity will go big. But also like the concern is that if it blows up, is there enough cards on the market for everyone to just have, right? There's a limited number of teams. There's a limited number of cards. So let's say as you referenced before hundreds of thousands or millions of users get onto so rare is there enough there for everyone to reasonably perform in an so5 league mm. no i hear you and that, that i think the one of a thousand was the first step to sort of future proofing the growth of the platform um will they have to go to one of ten thousand at some stage i don't think people should be shocked if they do that in two years i think yeah. and i don't think when it comes out there should be outrage either it's there but then the other side of that is there has to come a point but does there have to come a point or do those other cards just become worthless if in 10 years time there's 15 million users and fucking you have one of a hundred thousands i mean it's yeah. just be worth a lot less like does it actually matter i don't really know um and will we all just be millionaires with our one of a hundreds but <laughs> it's a hard one and um, but you're right like i think for now the the, the one of a thousands coming on it's a lot for the current user base but i think it's future proofed us for some time i don't know how long that time is I really yeah. don't. And we haven't even seen the impact of these limiteds at the end of the day. There's like 5% of the supply out there. Not even actually 5% of the current cards is the most I've seen, like guys numbered to 50. Um, there'll be a lot given out as rewards. Once we get to this time next year, there should be a thousand of every player out there or damn near to it. That's that's a different ball game altogether than what we're looking at. But yeah. I, do, I do get you with the risk. I mean, in terms of the market, it would be, I think more users just brings more liquidity, um, which is a good thing. But there will be a lot more sort of shady trading tactics. A guy scores a hat-trick in the Champions League, all of a sudden all his cards are bought and they're listed for much higher. That's trading, baby. But equally, like, a player does his ACL, it's a great buying opportunity. So again, I think we come back down to either invest time or you invest money. If you yeah. want to come in and buy those players that are on form that are banging, you come in and you stick in your money. If not, 
you stick in your time, you research, you buy injured players, you buy up and coming players, you buy guys out of form. If you'd have bought Zerdan Shakiri before he went to Leon, he bench warned at Liverpool for two or three years, maybe even longer. Great buying opportunity if you believed in him long term. Gets yeah. the transfer, all of a sudden he could become a great player. Yeah. So I yeah, there, 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 there is that. Even with uh, when Camavinga signed for Real Madrid, the first I try, I was trying to get some ETH onto so rare, and for some reason it it just wasn't the um, gas fees just kept saying zero. Yeah. There was an issue, so I just couldn't get it there. And I wanted to buy Camavinga because I'm like, he's going to Real Madrid. Even just through hype, his price will go up. And it did. It went up. I can't even remember exactly, but it went up a reasonable enough amount that I'm pissed that I missed out on that trading opportunity. Yeah. But there is so much opportunity to make money. But with every winner, there is always a loser. You know, mm. every, like, and so that's where, again, it gets like very difficult on who to buy, when to buy, when to sell, like, you know, buying the low, selling the high, all that kind of meme stuff or whatever. But from a content creator's perspective with a a duty to their viewer base, for yourself and for myself, mm. it like, where, again, where is that line of like, do your own research, sure, and only put in what you can afford to lose, sure, but... What what influence do I have or do you have in moving the price of a card just because of who you are? Yeah, do as I say. Well, do as I say, not as I do. There's a thing like even myself, I've noticed that I bought and it only happened once or twice. Um, I get questions in this podcast sometimes, like who do you think is the most underrated player or the best player under not point one, and then you go and say someone and your guest agrees and whatever else, and however many hundreds of thousands of whatever people are listening to that, and all of a sudden as you say, the floor's mopped up and his price rises. I had it before where in a trade with a guy, he had three of this Schunderwald non-playing keeper and I just said, look, we were close enough on values, they were worth next to nothing, like not point not two at the time. I said, look, throw the three of him in and uh, so I can use him for training teams and we'll say no more. Do you know, like we, we, yeah. did, we did the deal all of a sudden, not that I'm a huge influence, but in this so rare space, I do make content. Um, all of a sudden I had three of this keeper just got, it looked like I just bought three of them in a row. And I noticed a few, like a few people messaged me, honestly, like two or three people messaged me saying, what do you know that I don't? I picked one up and I'm like, <laughs> guys, this is some shitter that I'm using for training. And I was like, geez, I'm going to list them on this. I'm going to sell this guy if, if people are buying. Because his price had went up to the point where it made sense for me to sell. I ended up yeah. hanging on to them for a while, but like it does happen. So there is that kind of, that is another thing that content creators need to be aware of because yeah. You can tip all the players you want, but they could end up like Ravel Morrison's. You just never yeah. know. Yeah. Um, look, we'll do one or two more questions and wrap up. Aim for the R15 mark or something like that. Um, CGSR, Superhands FI, haven't been on for a few weeks and more active of late. What is your What are your initial strategies with regard to regions, ages and divisions, both short-term and long-term? Um, and how much of your FIFA knowledge you applying is it all completely new? I mean, we've touched on parts of this, but the bottom line is, this was what was your initial strategy when you came in? I think you said you bought guys from because they were cheap, <laughs> yeah. bit of scattergun. Yeah, but, a bit of, a bit of buying, buying people because they had decent um, recent scores and they were cheap. And, and yeah, that's not necessarily the best way to go about things. But also, I lo- like it still, it could still profit. And we're, we're talking about the long term potential, so rare. The cards I have now that I've spent 3,000 euros on in five years' time might be worth 100,000 euros, 500,000 euros, because they're just so scarce and still perform mm-hmm. well and whatever. Over the last few days, I put together an, uh, champ, an SO5 Champ America team, a Challenger Europe team, and a Champion Europe team. 
Um, I started to put together a challenger D4 team for the rare cards. And in that, I've got Gil Diaz, uh, Mohamed Amissi, and Che Nunnally. That's last season's card as well. And I paid stupid price for him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, I've picked, like, I've essentially, like, Gil Diaz, when he plays, he's awesome, scores real high. He just doesn't play regularly. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know if he gets injured a lot. I don't know if he's just not a manager favorite or, or what, but... He's just transferred very recently to Benfica. Um, and uh, he's young enough at 24 that I could be scoring with him for years in so yeah. rare that hopefully he'll pay back his dividend, right? Um, but what I've gone for, I've, I've tried to like really kind of um, consolidate what I'm doing. And my plan is to do the three Division Five leagues, the Challenger Champ Europe and the Champ America. Because uh, America's still got like two-thirds of the season to run, so it's not bad and um i've gone for young high scorers essentially and but try to keep the budget as low as possible because you mm. never know because the the supply of limiteds is so rare yeah no pun intended but you never know that where it's going to be in two months time will there be another hundred of this card that i just paid 80 euros for and he's down at 10 euros and now i've like you know lost out so yeah at the moment i'm just trying to like just just trying to buy like consistent performers and like I, I did a lot of research and this is where the time versus money aspect comes in again i did a lot of research with regards to um making sure i got players that were averagely scoring well enough to the point that i would have won good prizes in the previous scoring game weeks if i had yeah. had these players and that's obviously that you know the past doesn't dictate the future because they did well then doesn't mean they're going to do well here but the what surprised me a lot about so rare was how low the points threshold or prize positions was in division five like sometimes it's like down in the 150s and stuff and you can accidentally mm. put a team together that will score you into yeah, points yeah, yeah. for that you know so um, i'm hoping that with minimal budget i'm able to get myself into the kind of top 10 positions and get the better cards as rewards but something i wanted to ask about your experience with as well is like i see a lot in the discord people just about rewards all the time they keep rewards getting like drama mate it's yeah and so when you look at the actual portfolio of players that are available and you see like the courtois and Lewandowski's and this sort of you're like oh yeah that's pretty sick but then you end up getting like some korean second choice goalkeeper yeah. that's not so going to sell like the issue right in a nutshell here's the issue they have to split the players up into tiers for the rewards because the guy who's in first can't have a chance at the same pool of players the guy in 31st has so it has to be stars tier one tier two tier three could there be more tiers i don't know but the issue is the nature of football players go from hero to zero very quickly and vice versa players get injuries players get dropped by managers players have sex scandals players do ridiculous things and by nature of that players are chopping and changing in value all the time so from week to week how do you maintain fair tiered system with like the players in the correct tiers it's a lot of fucking work a lot of research and a lot of time to actually do that. I don't know if there's an algorithm or that can do that. And if there is a lot of the, the algorithms when they try and do it without manual sort of input, it takes into account recent sales. And if it's a recent sale, it might take the one of a hundred into account, which actually is inflated. It might've been a player that sold in a bundle with a really good player from the team, but he's actually a shitter bench warmer. But because he was in the bundle, they attribute a percentage of the value to him. Therefore he's in tier one when he should actually be like tier, tier 25. Yeah. Shit. So like it's a lot of work for them to maintain that. So what's happening is 
they aren't doing a great job of it. They're trying their best, but they're not doing a great job of it. And people are winning great rewards on the face of it. When it comes to rewards day, they're getting a guy in their tier one rare that should really be a tier three because circumstances have changed or because his price was inflated for some reason. So that's why everyone bitches, because inevitably every week there's going to be someone left disappointed who draws the shit reward. Equally, yeah. you can get good players in lower tiers, but it's less likely because they're probably selling for a higher price and in a higher tier accordingly. But there does need to be manual input there, and I just don't know if they've the legs, um, like if they've the beans in the tanks to do that and have someone sit down all week and, and fart about with the tier systems at the minute. But yeah, room for improvement, 100%. Yeah, yeah definitely. And then it is like... The, like in terms of like content creation, there's like people want me to do a road to glory on so rare, and uh, you know I try to think about okay what would that look like. Okay, to buy the ultimate edition of FIFA was like seventy two pounds or whatever, so maybe I could put like a hundred euros into the account, buy a team of obviously like limiteds, maybe flip some of them, try and make a, a little bit of profit, but buy a team and then just see throughout the course of the season if we can build a team up make some money like and what that looks like at the end of the season mm. make the, the like kind of document the journey with that what i think that would do positive for people would show that you don't need the best money but because of the reward system i, I, I kind of got tripped up a little bit seeing people complain about rewards because i'm like okay do i really want to invest my time into this when i'm actually going to be stuck getting did not play you know korean strikers and did not play like like getting getting players that are constantly in off season or just getting mm. rewards where I'm like okay I can't even sell this for like two euros or five euros people just don't want this card. Yeah, so, see, you just the thing is I think like there's a lot of players in the past that have been shitty players worth nothing and then something changes they get a transfer a new manager they grow up and all of a sudden they're okay. There used to be a tier three called Kikuchi. Um, he was giving out his tier three rewards, and I think he just did like three hundred scores in the bounce. He's amazing. Oh, wow. He's now worth a fortune. So they do exist, but uh, there will be patient required to shift those players. There's no doubt about it. And maybe some of them do just end up worthless. But I've considered that kind of road to glory type format. Um, so rare. I think Australia today said to me about an idea. I did a giveaway recently, and I've been thinking of a new giveaway idea. Um, based on what he said, it's his idea. But where I buy a limited team. And I'm essentially buying that as a giveaway. But what I do is that limited team goes into Global All-Star D5 for the season. Every reward it wins goes into the pool as well. And I right. try and win as much throughout the season. But I'm playing that account for the community as such, that that yeah. limited team. And then at the end, I give it all away or something. But the issue with that, I'm thinking now, is if this progress bar comes in, a lot of the, the draw to having these limited cards will be that progress bar. But if you're a content creator in the higher divisions, you mightn't get the benefits of that. You can't yeah. create a separate account because you'd be multi-accounting, so it could become a real headache. Um, yeah. So going back to the that stuff, if I'm in Division One Global All Stars, but Division Five Championship Europe, does that also, even though they're cross divisions, that also say okay, you don't get the benefits of the look, progress bar? None of it's confirmed, but I'm pretty sure it's going to okay. be if you enter D3 of some description, you can't access the features of the progress bar. I think that's what was out there, and I'm going to come across like an absolute fucking idiot if that's not the case. But I'm ninety five percent sure that's the case. Um, but yeah, look, time will tell. It could come out in two days, maybe it won't. But they were kind of saying end of the summer, September, and apparently they keep saying. I keep seeing them say about how September is a big month. The ninth, this yeah. is just the start of our biggest month ever, type of thing. So if yeah. this is La Liga, it might only be a couple of weeks behind something else. But um, look, t- time will tell. Um, look, I just want to thank, I suppose, everyone else in the questions. There's a bunch of great ones there. Um, 
Hendo asked a good one. Let me see. I'll, we'll do this one quickly because I like Hendo and then we'll go because I'm taking too much of your time. Buzzing for this, proper OG FIFA creator. I'm only throwing it at you because he's giving you a bit of praise as well. Oh, Nep, would you say that continuous true ownership of so rare cards is a big plus for you unlike FIFA where the cards are not carried into next year's game? So that's a big gripe with a lot of people like FIFA and me too. Like I would grind out for a year and have an amazing amazing account and then they're gone and i think it always would have been nice if you could hang on to those cards because of the nostalgic value for you if you'd even carry one over per season carry two over per season um like exactly as he says is that a draw to you the fact of the the sort of never-ending nature of these cards as opposed to just been ditched after a season well like if it's not quite apples to apples because you know what you're getting in FIFA. You have no idea what yeah. you're getting in so rare. And one of the questions I asked to the Discord, and you feel free to give your response for, is what's stopping another platform coming and doing what so rare is doing bigger and better and so rare crashing and falling? And so a lot of the responses were, obviously, so rare is valued at £3 billion. They've just had a billion pound investment from angel investors and VC funds. Um, they've got licensing for the digital assets for these clubs. But from what I understand not much if any of it is exclusively licensed mm. which is a bit of a concern because that means somebody else could go out there and either buy the exclusive licenses or also pay for licensing and do something similar um so the like having these like you know the 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 xp growth as well like for the card i, I quite like the system where older cards don't get as much xp in so5 but i also don't like that system because it's like i've got a uh, I've got like a classic card here. Like I should be rewarded for using that. Over almost. time you will. Short term, the newer seasons have the 5% slapped on, but over yeah. long, long term, if you hold the older card and level it up, it will be stronger than the newer cards. Right. And that comes back to like the whole user interface and stuff is there's no there's no explanation on how XP works or grows, what bonuses you get for XP, what the next threshold offers, like how they gain XP. Like there's, well, and I'm sure the information is there, but it's not like, it's not easily accessible, you know, like yeah, there, there's okay, nothing yeah. that says in the first place what the XP is even for. It just says there's XP. But yeah, going back to like holding on to them, like there's two things that constantly weigh in my mind, right? It's I don't want to be here in two or three years time or even in six months or nine months time saying to myself, man, I really should have put 50 or a hundred thousand pounds into this because look at where mm -hmm. it is now. I could have been a millionaire or could have made a whole bunch of money. I also don't want to be in three years time or six or nine months time with like, 10, 15, 20 grand's worth of my investment going like, okay, well, so rare kind of just didn't take off and now I can't shift these cards. The, yeah, the yeah, user yeah. base is real small and it's there's not a lot going on really because I, I don't know. I, I assume that the prize funds for the divisions is facilitated by the auction sales and I, I don't know if they take uh, a commission on inter-manager transfers or not. They don't yet. No, okay. they will one day, I'd say. Right. So even if just like having the prize funds from the the uh, auction sales, if the player base is so low that auctions aren't even really selling, selling. or whatever, or selling for real cheap, that means the prize funds for the divisions are going to be even cheaper, which means even playing isn't going to be worth your time and it isn't going to like mm. bring your investment back, at which point it becomes back to the, okay, this is just a collectibles thing. I, for me, the collectibles side of things isn't like there's no value for me personally in having this four out of 100 Guild DS because it is just a bog standard, super boring, plain cards. If like I, I need more of the like 
signed cards and special edition cards and things like that to actually have like the one of one unique that's fine but it's a boring design it's 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 super plain it's super simple like when you look at panini or tops one of one uniques they are like bells and whistles and oh my god look at the card i've got beautiful yeah so i think so red needs a little bit more of that to kind of like lean into yeah, to lean into the collectible side of things. like Because I would love to collect all the special Arsenal cards, but I don't mm. want to collect a base 11 Arsenal card. No, Nobody in Tops or Panini gives a shit about the base set. They, they, like go, yeah. they go in a folder and in a binder and then get tucked in the cupboard for the rest of eternity. The other ones, like look at the ones on your, you know, behind you there. There's no base set cards there, I can imagine. No, like, because no. no one gives a shit about those. So, yeah, I think long term... see my prized possession, actually? Oh, for it, yeah. All the other ones, as I said, are in the cupboard. It's a signed, like, can you imagine this? This is actually really, this is a big deal. It's a signed John Walters card, the horse himself. Look at that. Cost me a whopping three quid. Yeah, who's that? <laughs> John- <laughs> big Johnny Walters, the horse. If you're Irish, you'd love him. But um, no, I hear you. I hear you. They could definitely do more there. And I think something just to throw into that conversation before we wrap up here. I don't know how much you're aware of this but the whole the big the long-term vision for so rare is to bring in real world experiences and utility to the platform the real dream isn't just eth prizes isn't just more cards it's discounted stadiums it's free pints in stadiums it's if you go to a certain match on a certain day maybe your cards from that team get extra experience it's the real world utility it's a Zoom call with Messi for one of his rare card holders once per season. It's a meet and greet with the Club Bruges players once a season. It's these things. It's the signed jerseys, the signed memorabilia given away. It's trips to the World Cup. It's trips to the Euros given away on podiums through special weeklies, through other tournaments. That's the right. long-term goal. It's the immersive global fantasy aspect. It's the You can follow people on So Rare Now. It's the social media of football. You go in here... They get their fucking big fundraising. They can buy the licensing agreements to watch football akin like to gambling sites, have them all. You can watch the yeah. Premier League there. You can watch whatever. Yeah. And you go in. But instead of making you watch full games, you can if you want. You get a wee buzz and a notification if Onuachu scores for Genk and you see the 10-second yeah. clip of his goal. That doesn't exist. You know, yeah. you need to watch long-form highlights. You need to go onto YouTube after. You need to search the hashtag on Twitter, on Instagram to find the player's goal that has been illegally uploaded. Imagine Sora had the licenses and it brings forward that relationship, which is much more 2021 of people supporting players, not necessarily clubs, following players because of fantasy, because of the nature of the game. It's Generation X or Z or whoever the fuck they are, the ones who just don't have the attention spans for full games of football, but they want to see goals, they want to see assists. So yeah. that's where I see Sora going and I'm bullish and according to that and all the negative points, I make my risk assessment for me, what I'm willing to lose, what I think the upside versus downside, and that's what I put money into. And, um, and so, like, on that note, I'm willing to invest, let's just put an arbitrary figure of, like, 10,000 out there right now, right today. I want to yeah. put 10,000 into So Rare. But it gets so, like, it, there's so much that is, because I'm worried about people manipulating markets or overpaying and things like this, it's like I've got 10 grand to spend. I just don't know where to spend it. because as you say things change so quickly so i might want to go and put a rare team together and be like let me just dominate division four and try my best i think ten thousand would probably be a reasonable enough amount to get yourself into those upper echelons yeah but it's like if i go and buy the x player and then he gets injured tomorrow i've now just lost god knows how much and now i'm gonna have to put in more to fill that void for the next week and 
yeah, it's, it's like, I, I know that they can't, maybe they can, maybe they don't want to, maybe they do, I don't know. But I know it's like, if they made it super easy to just find the best bargains, they wouldn't be the best bargains because it'd be too easy to find them. But it is super frustrating not being able to have a filter there that's like gives me this guy's uh, best performances over the last five games, 15 games, 45 games or whatever. Yeah, and I know so rare. Yeah, day, but I know they have that, but that's where it gets... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's, it's like frustrating having to go over to another site have a little search, then go back to that site, then go and check the like lowest prices for that guy, and then be like, okay, his lowest price is say like two hundred euros or I don't know, point one of an ETH or whatever. Let me go back onto So Red Data and check what he's actually been selling for over the last three to five days because if he hasn't actually sold for that, I don't want to buy him for that either. And then yeah. I start putting like manager offers in, and they're just like, nope, reject, reject, reject constantly. And I'm like, okay, so now I don't want to buy this player. Now I have to go and find another player, and it's it's like it's, it's just like. It, they make it hard for you to spend your money like quite often, to be fair. Efficiently to spend your money. Yeah. Because everyone on the market has their pr- cards up at inflated prices. I have not bought a card, I don't think, unless it's like something has happened, like a transfer and I'm first to it. I haven't bought a card without talking to a manager on Discord first because you'll always get 5 10% off at least or negotiate something better. Um, yeah. A lot of people just have their their card out dangling it there in case someone bites but i mean they're just because they're lowest on market doesn't mean they're anywhere close to market value but yeah anyway look yeah. i've took up loads of your time it's but jesus it's an hour and a half i'm so sorry thank you <laughs> no, so much fine. genuinely um the one thing to do just before we wrap up is the 137 game we play it every week you were yep. telling me before how excited you are to get the 137 march and the so rare march bundle whenever yeah, they uh, wait, yeah. when they arrive god knows but you need to be quinny's res- not quite respectable score of 80 80 is what he got with his picks last week. So what are your two picks for the 137 game for the upcoming game week 200, which in some ways is a bit of a landmark, game week 200. Um, yes, yes that, is a, that is a big game week. So I I went with, so so the idea is to try and get to 137, right? Up yeah. or down, doesn't matter. Yeah, so I, I went with a defender that scored well in the last game, Nayef Agued. Plays for Wren. He scored 62 in the last game, and and he's been pretty consistent. Average of 71 over the last five games, and we're going with forward Moses Simon, um, who's also pretty pretty good scorer, about 62 over the last five games. So we're over the last five games combined, they're close to that 137 mark. They're mm. like 130 some odd. So I'm hoping that they can uh, come in and have a good week for me. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed to be good. Do you know, I think the best score we've had so far in any of the months, the last two or three months where the podcast has been going, is about 130, 132, something like that, okay. which is pretty bang on. So, um, yeah, if you beat that, you'll be, like, top of the leaderboard, which would be nice. Would but, be right, uh, look, is there anything you want to plug before you leave? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to throw out there? No, I just, uh, yeah, just excited to be still involved in this months to come. I really hope it grows more and in terms of plugging things, I don't need to do that. <laughs> you don't need yeah. to do that. No, don't, You're too big for that, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plugging. Who the fuck plugs? Anyway, um, yeah, go and check them out on YouTube. Particularly, it's FIFA content a lot at the minute. You're Facebook streaming as well, aren't you? Other yeah. games. Yeah, at the moment playing the Division 2 just to fill the gap between FIFA 22. But, yeah. yeah, FIFA primarily. Yeah, I'm kind of FIFA. I was I was amazed, and again here we keep going. But FIFA, I, I logged on to it after a long time. I playing Ultimate Team, and the like team of the season players were worth next to fuck on. I was like, something's broken here. Yeah. Something happened here. Oh, the whole the whole market is just on the floor. Yeah, yeah, mad. But anyway, look, all the best, and thank you so much for your time. Yeah, cheers.
Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It was great to get to know Nep and hopefully he can be back on in the future. If you enjoyed it, please do let us both know on Twitter, ideally, or wherever else you follow him or me. Um, also, leave a review if you're on Apple. It helps a lot. But genuinely, big, big thank you to Nepenthes for coming on. He didn't need to come on the podcast. It's great to see him hanging around on So Rare. And yeah, look, best of luck for the upcoming weekend. Weekend 200, it's a big one. I hope you all get lots of rewards. I'll chat to you next week. Thank you.